And so anyway, that was so, part of what happened is that this morning, Matt um, had said, hey, we're only going to need one mic today because Andrew is giving the announcements and giving the message. And as soon as he said it, I was like, I don't think so. I think we're going to need the, the mic for something. So that's who else can pray? Anna, one of our elders prayed. Nate, one of our elders prayed. I'm thinking of elders. Wise. Do you know, elder, which one is supposed to pray? Oh, I... One of the good Dales? I think... I have, um, I've started to realize that when I pay attention, the more we pray aloud together, the more I see God at work. And so wanting to do that, um, here. Good morning. I actually didn't want to pray because I don't know if I can make it through without crying. I was wondering, do you want me to pray for you? Maybe. Yeah. Um, no, this is serious. Um, yeah, Why don't so you share? go ahead and share. I'll try. Yeah, um, I just got back from Iowa City actually this morning, straight to church. Uh, my dad's been in ICU since Monday. Had a widowmaker, a AAA, uh, repaired, and it went great. Just my tears are joy. Mm. Just answered prayer after prayer um, in ways I could never have imagined. So, mm. yeah. Um, Why don't you? No, no I would love to you. pray. So, good, good, good. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, as I was uh, coming here this morning from Iowa City, I got to hear uh, Clay give the message at third. And um, yeah, it's just such a blessing in the midst of all the hard stuff. So mm. um, let's just praise him and give him glory. So God, uh, in the midst of all the hard things, it's easy to lose sight of, it's easy to lose sight of how big you are. Uh, that you sit over top of all things. And God, I know that things could have gone a different direction. Mm -hmm. And Lord, that wouldn't have been any label on you any different. Um, that God, you would have still been good. Um, we still have room to give you praise and glory. Um, but God, I stand here today just as a witness to the marvel of who you are. Mm -hmm. uh, the marvel of healing. And not just with my dad, but um, yeah, my relationship with my sister in the midst of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, that you've clearly been a presence in, um, and how you've supported my family as I've been away for a lot of days, uh, just everybody in my life. So I've felt so loved by you, Lord, and the people you've put in my life. Uh, so God, that's my prayer for this congregation this morning, Lord, is that um, all the hard stuff, I know I'm not the only hard story in this room today. I know that I'm not the only one, and, and I, I know there are people in this room, Lord, that the prayers haven't been answered in exactly the ways that mine have. Um, so God, I, I just pray that your goodness resounds over all of these hard things, Lord, that we just are reminded of how big you are, uh, that your love endures for, forever through everything. God, I pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Eric. Yeah. yeah. Elsa, would you bring me my glasses if they're down there? And maybe, do I have a sheet of paper there? Where in the world? Where did I leave it? Do I have anything back there? It's on the desk. Yeah. It's all right. I got the Bible memorized. 
We can do this. We're going to give it a shot. They are very blurry dots looking at me, but I think I can do it. Oh, I can read that. Let's, let's do this. Let's do this. All right, we're going to read the passage where we've been in the Let's Go series. This is the last one, uh, and this, it's going to be a long speech that uh, Paul gives, and there's a lot of speeches in the book of Acts, and they're given to unbelievers, either kind of evangelism, trying to tell them about Jesus, or their speeches given in the courtroom, again, but unbelievers testifying. This is the only speech that is for believers. So, let's go. I can read. Hey, bring it, Russ. This is great. Yeah, that's not it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's all right. There was just two quotes I was, oh, these aren't mine either, but that's all right. I appreciate the efforts. I'm okay, people. I'm okay. We can live. All right, let's read. Lord help us. We went on ahead to the ship and sailed for Asos, where we were going to take Paul aboard. He had made this arrangement because he was going there on foot. When he met us at Asos, we took him aboard and went on to Mytilene. The next day we set sail from there and arrived off Chios. The day after that we crossed over to Samos, and on the following day we arrived at Miletus. Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus to avoid spending time in the province of Asia, for he was in a hurry to reach Jerusalem, if possible, by the day of Pentecost. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he brought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions." In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. 
What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. This is the reading of God's word. So, um, this is a very long passage with many different things we could sit and camp in. And so what I've decided to do is I've got five things that I'm just going to move through. We're not going to go through the whole passage again. I just want to pull out a verse uh, and then just make a few comments and, and do that. And then I think that will move us towards any of Sure, I'll take my glasses and my piece of paper. That's great. What's that? That is all my notes. Yeah. Thanks, Aubrey. Who's next to come on down? This is quite the morning. All right. Um, so let's start with verse 21. It says this, I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. So Paul declared to Jews and Greeks, that's a way of saying Jews and non-Jews, which is another way of saying everyone. Everyone must turn to God in repentance and put their faith in Jesus. Everyone must do that. Must do that for why? Well, ultimately, there's a trajectory. There's a trajectory. We have eternal destinies. We will never cease to exist. And our destiny can be with God forever in his goodness and his glory or apart from God forever. And if we want our destiny to be with God, then we must turn to him, to the one who gave us life, who made us, who understands life, not just in the here and now, but he does understand it better than us in the here and now, all the way forever, all the way to life after death. We can give our life to him and say, I will follow you and I will put my confidence, my faith in Jesus' faithfulness that he can do for me what I cannot do for myself. And in that, life with you forever. Everyone must do this. So the first question from the first verse is, have you done that? Um, maybe you don't know God or Jesus. Well, this is the message, I would say, reach out to him. <clears throat> He's alive. He's here. He's everywhere. He made you. He loves you. And so you just call to him. I want to know you. <clears throat> if you say, yes, I have turned to God in repentance and I have faith in Jesus, then my next question would be, have you been baptized? Have you been baptized? And if your answer is, yeah, I was baptized when I was a baby, when I was a little kid, I would say, that's good. Then have you confirmed your baptism? Because when you're baptized as a kid, it's not that you believed and were baptized, it's that your parents believed and brought you as a way to say, we want this for you until you can make the decision yourself and in some group of people confirm that you're saying, yes, I believe. I'm turning to God in repentance and putting my faith in Jesus. And um, I'm, I am kind of sharing this quite a bit. If you've been around for a while, I've been, I've been emphasizing this a little bit because I think there are many of us 
who just don't take the step to publicly profess their faith in Jesus to confirm their baptism. And there's kind of like, well, if I believe, why do I need to be baptized? Like, if, do I have to be baptized to be saved? Well, no. We're saved by grace through faith in Jesus. But, but, I don't really understand prayer. I don't understand why this is, but I do know that Jesus did it. He told his followers to do it. When we do it, we get more connected to life with God. I don't really understand why these words keep speaking to people all over the world in different languages, different cultures. Somehow these words by the Holy Spirit are used by God. I don't understand it, but I know that Jesus said that his words are life. And I know that there is, his early followers were committed to his word. And it makes a difference. Well, Jesus said, when he only had a, a, when they only remembered like, or remembered, decided to pass on a little bit of what he said at the very end, which would be most important, he said, go and be baptized. So, that would mean confirming our baptism at some point. Okay, moving on. Next verse, that's one down. Verse 24, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only claim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. So my question in this, now Paul, what he said right before this is like, this is one thing I know, it's going to be hard for me. It's going to be prison, it's going to be hardships, However, I don't consider my life worth anything. My life doesn't belong to me. When I turn to God in repentance, when I put my faith in Jesus, I said I no longer live, but Jesus lives in me. The life I live, I live by confidence in him. I have given my life to him. I belong to him, the one who chose me and loves me and and called me in. I said yes to that. So my life in the here and now is not what I need it to be, what I want it to be, what will make me happy. It is life for God forever. That was his aim. That's what he's shooting for in life. He's shooting for, I'm going to stay close to Jesus for the rest of my life. I'm going to finish the race all the way. And I'm going to continue testifying to the grace of God who rescued me and saved me because I was on the path to this. And he was on the path to this, not through wild living and all, but like overly religious, but not dependent on God. But he was towards destruction, but now God has rescued and saved me, and he wants to tell everyone about that. So, what is your aim in life? Is your aim to stay close to Jesus all the way through life and to testify to his grace to others. I have two questions based on that. If so, if you, excuse me, if you have, if you say, yes, this is my aim, have you been baptized? Have you confirmed your baptism? Because baptism isn't just for the person being baptized. Baptized, confirming our baptism or reaffirming our baptism is a way to testify to God's grace in our life. My second question, if your aim, if your aim is to stay close to Jesus, if your aim is to testify to his grace, 
What have you done with the last two days? Just think about your last two days. How much of your last two days was, had, had something involved with staying close to Jesus, with testifying to his grace to others? My life is not my own. I have given it to Jesus. Next. We're going to keep moving. Verse 28. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Okay. So when... It's, I went through the whole passage kind of fast. Just to be clear, he's talking to elders from Ephesus. They made a three-day journey to him because he's on his way. He's popping through different cities in the coastland to get to Jerusalem as, as soon as he can. And so he's talking to the elders, the leaders of the church in Ephesus. And so they come and he tells them, keep watch over yourselves and keep watch over the people that are entrusted to you. Now, if I can get the next slide. Who is watching over your life? Who is watching over your life? Is it okay for anyone to watch over your life or speak into your life? I mean, we kind of live in a world where it's like, what gives you the right? Who, how dare you? Who? But Paul is saying, hey, if your aim, if first you have repented and turned toward God and your faith and your confidence is in Jesus doing for you what you can't do for yourself and your aim is to finish the race, is to stay close to God throughout life and to testify to his grace, we are going to need help. And the parts of the verses I'm not reading are these warnings. There are wolves. There are, the, there are ways that we can get off track so easily. It can look good, but it's not good. There is deceitfulness and sin, and we can get tricked easily. We need each other. We need people helping us and watching over us. Now, we are rightly cautious about authority and how things work because it gets messed up so easily but we can go way over into the other ditch and think that no, we don't need anybody to ever speak into our lives. And if we are, we are going to choose who. And who we will choose is usually the people who will say the exact same thing we would say. But we need people. Now, in the next three weeks, the, the church will have an opportunity to nominate elders to nominate elders. And what we're looking for in elders is people who first and foremost are watching over their own life in the sense of their aim is to stay close to Jesus, to testify to his grace. And so with their own example of what we see are people who follow Jesus in their workplace, in their world, in the, who are following Jesus. And our aim whether we have the position or the title or not, 
should be to be people who help each other along. Who help each other along because it is easy to get off track. There, is, there are currents that are going fast in the opposite direction of following Jesus and of testifying to who he is and to his grace. And so we need help with each other. And we need leaders who will lead the way. Fourth. Verse 35. This one, a lot of these have come together. This one is just its own thing, but I cannot resist. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. A popular phrase, a, comp- I mean, a phrase that that we know that many, many say, comes from Jesus. He taught it in many ways. He's quoted here by Paul. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And how we know that is when we do that. So, within the last two or three weeks, there's a, there's a couple who came to me and said, hey, we, there was a time not very long ago when someone from the church anonymously gave us money. And it just so happened that it hit a time when we needed money. They said they were praying. They, they sensed that God wanted them to give us money. So they did. And we were really blessed by it. It was, it was good. So they said, since that time, our financial situation has changed. So we want to do the same thing, but we not only want to do the same thing, we kind of want to double it. So we're taking that amount of money that was given to us, and we want to give that same amount of money to two different people. And we've prayed about it, and after praying about it for a long time, we've got, it's gotten clear who the, who the person, the families that we're giving it to is. So, but we want it to be anonymous. We don't want them to know. So here you go. Two envelopes. Sealed. No, I gave money. Anyway, my goodness of all the things. Sorry, I'm having like a joke with myself, and it's really an inside, now it's turning into an inside joke, and that's not a good thing to do when you're public speaking, is to have conversations with yourself. Anyway, so I got to go to these two people and say, hey, somebody's praying about it, and they, they wanted you to have this, you know, and like, like the response, like, So I, you know, text back to them, you know, this is, hey, thanks, this is fun for me to get to do this. And their text back was that they were just talking about how great it was to, even as great as it was to receive, like, what they needed from somebody knowing that God had done that, as great as that was, it was, it felt even better, it was even more exciting to do it. They like literally just, so that story came and I get to this passage, I'm like, I got to tell that story because there it is. It is more better, it is better to give than to receive. Last point, I'm going to use three verses for, but I don't know what they are. I serve the Lord with great humility and with tears in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. And then the next verse, 
So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. And then one more. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. And one thing I noticed, out of all the many different things we could talk about in this passage, and there are many, the thing that just lifted up for me the most was tears. Tears, not just once, not just twice, in different contexts, tears. What is it about tears? There's something about tears. And then, I'm doing the Lectio 365 app where they have a passage um, each day and and a little 10-minute prayer thing. And the person leading it uh, had these two quotes this week. After I had already thought, like, I think I'm supposed to talk about tears. First one, no one really loves to cry, yet we are hardwired to do so from the very first minute of our lives. Hmm. I have had a number of people I don't, I don't want to exact, I, just uh, quite a few people who have told me something along the lines of this. I like when you speak, but the thing I don't like is you make me cry. In fact, there is one person who said, I, you know, they had come some, and I was just talking, and I didn't ask them, I didn't like, where are you, why are you not here? But they, they had said to me, you know, I want to come to church, but when I come, I cry. So they stop coming to church because they cry, as if crying is a bad thing. We're hardwired, like we're doing it right from the get-go. Interesting about tears is that I think part of our tears is that we come into a world and it's broken, and we don't have what we need right away, and there's different aspects, and there's things to mourn right from the get-go. And that's why the Bible also says there's a day coming where there's no more tears. Where he'll wipe every tear away from our eye, but right now, it's not the reality. Last quote. Tears are often a sign of the presence of love. What or whom we weep over often becomes what or whom God gives us authority to lovingly engage. And here's my thought, as I just thought about tears, I mean, I didn't know what to say about tears, I just, that is what struck me the most, is tears. I go all the way back to the beginning of the summer, the first week of the series, the word when I was studying it that just caught me off guard, encourage, parakaleo, to come alongside and to call, which we translate lots of different ways in the Bible, encourage, exhort, plead, warn, comfort, but, but there's an extra intensity always. There's like an intensity to it. And it comes up over and over again in Acts. Like Paul is saying, you know, like he's, he's encouraging, he's pleading, he's, he's saying, and now he's saying, you know, the whole time I'm with you, it's with tears to stay faithful and serve God. It's with tears that I'm warning you. I'm warning you. It's just not like this casual thing to follow Jesus. I'm warning you. There's, there's ways that you could fall off the way with tears, with tears, because there is just some passion. Like this is what he is living for. He, has, he knows God, he has experienced his grace, and he is living for other people to experience that same thing. And there is this passion, there is these tears. And so 
I'm wondering, does anything make you cry? Like, I know there's crying of like just total, total like loss and pain and kind of helpless despair, but like, what about a cry of just like, please, God, please, God, when I think about this person, please, God, please, I think my only, the thing that comes to my mind of why would we end a like 11 week series with 20 some verses of all kinds of good different ways we could end it. Why does it what keeps coming to my mind tears? And I'm thinking it's because, man, he was going because he was passionate about people knowing Jesus. And if we asked him, how do you spend your last two days, Paul? It would have to do with his aim in life. His aim in life was for people to know Jesus, for that to be number one, for him to be with Jesus to be number one, and then for as many people as he could to get to come along. So what is your aim? What is your aim in life? If you've been around for a long time, you've seen me cry a lot. Used to be, I almost never got through a sermon. I mean, before I came here, I almost never got through a sermon without crying. And so people kind of assumed that I'm just sort of a blubbering mess wherever I go. But it's really not the case. It's when I get with God's people, I think I get in touch with God's heart. I'm wondering, are there any other elders here? Who would pray for us today? You know what? There's no pressure for tears. One thing I thought to myself is like, you know what? If no tears come on the Sunday I talk about tears, that's okay. It's okay. Because it's not about working something up. It's not about emotionalism. But when there's passion, emotion comes sometimes. Like Eric, I mean, he was moved to, he said he was moved to tears by what he, how he's seen God's goodness. I just two or three other elders, whether you're on staff or not, doesn't matter to me. Elders, pastors, but I'd like just a couple more people to pray before we close in worship. And I'm very patient. Great. Come on up. We got one. Awesome. Why don't you bring the whole box? I'll hold it. Um, Emily, would you like to go first or second? Okay, great. I will hold it, seriously.
You pray with me. Me. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. You're right. Prayer protocol. Man, okay. Man. okay. All right. We're good. Dear God, you're so good. Lord, I just, I do, I do cry. I love this church. I love all of our communities mm-hmm. and all the people here, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that you can be with us in this moment. I pray that your presence can feel real because you are real. And sometimes we can struggle with that because you seem so far away. I pray that your love and your kindness will fall like a blanket in this place. People will know how precious they are to you and that they're never too far away. And I just pray as we all go out Um, from this place and maybe feeling things that we haven't felt before um, or just unsure how we feel about it, Lord. I just pray that you will help us um, just to make sense of it. Um, Some things feel so natural but so supernatural. So God, I just pray that as we go out and listen for you um, and start to hear your voice, Lord, and whatever that sounds like or looks like for most people, I just pray that we can focus on you and make you the center of our world and this the healing that comes from that, God, and the compassion and kindness that we feel. Um, we, can, we can take that to other people, um, and other people will see that we are different. Um, and they'll know you because we know you. And so, Lord, just as your presence is in this place, um, I just pray that you could just help. Help us all to know you. Help us all to feel your presence. I pray for healing. I pray just if there's anybody that's just struggling right now where life is just so hard and they just can't see, God, I just pray that they'll feel your love in this moment. So thank you. Thank you for for Andrew and the message and thank you for sending your son to die for us, Lord. You're so good and we don't deserve it, but you send it anyway. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. You can let Nicholas pray now. That was wonderful. Jesus. Jesus, we were helpless. We were doomed. We had no hope. No one was coming for us. And the price to buy us back was so severe. It was so great. Only one being could even pay it. And only one being was loving enough to be willing to do so. Holy Spirit, 
show us. We've sang songs that we'd never know how much it costs. But today, show us. What did it mean that all of heaven was paid? The darling of heaven was paid for us. What everlasting joy could we find from that? And Jesus, today we ask for the reward that you paid for, that you would reveal to us the Father who is good to us. Jesus, we want to be with you. And if that is not all we want, Holy Spirit, would you change our hearts? Mm -hmm. If that is not our full delight, would you work in us? That Jesus, the King of glory, that he would come and die for us. Show us today. Show us today, Holy Spirit, come. Come upon our hearts. Show us today. Open up the eyes of our hearts. Show us today. We cannot earn it. We cannot work for it. Show us today. Show us today. Holy Spirit, come. We want you. We love you. We lift up the Father. We lift up the Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. The worship team can come up. Thank you both. Sometimes when we pray, or sometimes our tears are our prayers. They're prayers without words. And so just know that and take comfort when that's happening for you. This at times has felt like a heavy message as I gave it, heavy as I prepared for it. But there was like... The heaviness is where we're all going is life apart from God forever. But there's good news. There's another way. And he came for us before we ever came to him. And where we're going in life with him is where there's no more tears. Is where there's beauty and glory and goodness and productivity without the weeds. It is a good thing. And it is good news because we have a good God. And so let's close by worshiping him together.